This episode is brought to you by Novella Mattresses. I watch shows like My 600 Pound Life all the time, and I see those people who are bedridden. If you were bedridden, would you want to live your entire life on an uncomfortable mattress? I think the answer is a solid no. That's why you need a mattress from Novilla. Meet their Bliss Organic Memory Foam Mattress, perfect for those who want a cool, dry, undisturbed sleep throughout the night made with organic bamboo charcoal fiber, excellent motion isolation, cooling gel-infused memory foam that fits all bed frames and is reasonably priced between $179 and $369.99. Perfect for if you want an inexpensive mattress for you, your children, or even for your guest room. Ever since I got this mattress, I've been struggling to get out of bed in the morning because it's so comfortable. Even Frank loves it as it's his favorite bed in the house. Using promo code SHWEEZY or the link in our description, you can save 10% on any purchase through Novilla directly. Become just like Grandpa Joe on a Novilla mattress. Again, that's 10% off using promo code SHWEEZY. And a reminder, when you use our links and promos, you directly support this show. Welcome to another episode of Cancel. Let's cross out Cancel. Uh, Christmas, Sweezy. Yes, it is the holiday season, and uh, I'm the only one here brave enough to wish you a happy Honda days. Uh, some people may celebrate Toyota-thon, but I want to be all-inclusive and make sure I wish you all a happy Honda days. But once and for all, welcome to the podcast. The real name is Cancel Sweezy. It's Christmas Sweezy for uh, the Christmas season. We are here. We just finished Thanksgiving. Now it's Schwegmas coming to you uh, live, and uh, um, that's it's all going to be talking about it coming out of my mouth. That's my hole. That, that's where it spits. So welcome to the show once and for all today. Wanting to wish you a happy Honda Days. Uh, to all all you people out there who celebrate Toyotathon or Mary Chrysler or whatever you want to celebrate, it's your um, it's your day. Today is uh, your day, and today, uh, besides being your day, it's also my day because uh, this is a new episode of Cancel Sweezy. Uh, literally the best episode that we've ever made, coming to you live today, and uh, I'm really excited about it. And uh, I really like that. So welcome to the show. Um, you're here. You made it, and I am super proud of you. So thank you so much for uh, checking out the show today. I'm, I'm really excited. Um, Let's go full throttle. We got so much to go over today. So much to do. So much to see. So what's wrong with taking the, the Christmas street? Because uh, we're celebrating the holidays. I got my one and only Christmas sweater with the Grinch on it today. Um, and I got my necklace of Christmas lights uh, that I will probably be turning off right now uh, because I don't want to either give seizures or waste this battery. I don't know. I don't even know what battery does. I don't even know if you can change the battery in this thing. It'd be cool if it was like solar panels so it could always be charged up and whatnot. But I'm pretty sure this is like a cheap gift my mom gave me. And so, therefore, um, I would actually have to change batteries in it. That's rough, buddy. Even though I've kind of converted my life to even things that require batteries, like my Xbox and uh, uh, other random things, like my keep my computer keyboard and mouse uh, to use rechargeable batteries. But I don't know. I don't think these rechargeable. And uh, 
Yeah. This is the type of guy you get. But no, welcome to the show today. Like I said before, this is our best episode ever, and uh, I'm really excited to do it. We're getting into all the Christmas shenanigans. We're doing Christmas. Uh, Christmas is going to be lit this year, hopefully, and uh, hopefully Christmas is not going to be stingy. Come on, Mark. Don't be stingy. So, uh, yeah, that's a, a big hope of mine is that Christmas will stay unstingy. Uh, from now until the end of time. So thank you so much for um, for that. So uh, before we get into the show, I have to do do have to tell you that I do have music out now. Wherever you uh, get your music, that's Spotify. It could be Apple Music, could be Tidal, could be Deezer, could be YouTube, could be Amazon. Guess what? I'm on there. You need to listen to my music on there. I have uh, Ride or Die Volume 2 and uh, Ride or Die, uh, technically Ride or Die Volume 1, but it doesn't have like the Volume 1. That would have been weird. I didn't think about, I guess, when I wrote the first EP that I was going to make a second one. So uh, I don't know. So we'll see. Will there be a Ride or Die Volume 3? Maybe someday. Uh, Not right now, though. So uh, sorry to disappoint you. uh, White people, white people. uh, Out there. So uh, yeah. But uh, you go check that out. Go listen to it non-stop streaming i know you're all probably uh the christmas music has already started and you're all uh pretty annoyed at that and pretty annoyed at everything there so you want to get rid of that and so why not listen to a little daddy sweezy come on daddy's out here um giving you music for you to listen to um and if you want to know when i release new music or new podcasts or even uh, anytime I stream on Twitch, you can always check me out on all social media sites. Um, my username is at the Shweezy. That's everywhere. Ty, uh, Twitter, that's Facebook, that's Instagram. That is also uh, TikTok. You can go follow me on TikTok. I post little clips from the show. I even post uh, funny videos sometimes uh, with Frank, uh, the pug that lives in my house who thinks we share a room, but we don't. Uh, but, yeah, um, I do other things. I'm trying to, I need to start, uh, stitching people. I think that'd be really funny, doing some little stitches. Uh, stitches get, uh, snitches, um, Harry Potter reference. So, I just finished, I watched all the Harry Potter movies. Uh, great series. Uh, some parts of the book I wish they would have put in the movies, but, uh, nevertheless, though, I think they're okay. You know, I did mention streaming earlier. I have been streaming a lot. Last week, I streamed, like, three days where I was playing, uh, Pokemon, uh, Brill- no, I didn't play Brilliant Diamond. I played Pokemon Shining Pearl, the new game that came out. I've been obsessed with it. You know, I'm playing a little bit off camera, but, uh, I think hopefully I finished it. I'll finish it up this week. Um, but that's why you need to follow me on Instagram. That's going to be the best. I usually stream, always try to stream on Thursdays, but, uh, I will, but yeah, any other time I stream, you got to go follow me on, uh, I usually post on Instagram and Facebook when I do go live on Twitch. It's a great way to follow. And like, if you have any questions for me, you can ask it right on the spot. Well, I'll have to answer, uh, something to put on in the background for you, something to laugh at. I've been even been editing highlights. All the Pokemon highlights have, uh, uh, really been, uh, bogging me down and actually really have to get to editing those. So, um, uh, that's rough, buddy. For me, that's rough for me. So go check that out every Thursday and then I'll post any other time I go live on, uh, Instagram is going to be the best one to follow me on. Um, maybe, maybe I need to post them on Twitter too. Uh, I'm trying to use Twitter a little bit more, but yeah, it, it just happens. I'm, I'm, a am becoming not a, coming an old person. Now almost in my 30s. Uh, so uh, it's just, that's how it is. And uh, 
this is the type of guy you get. So yeah, uh, but one nice thing about Twitch though is following anyone is free to do, which you obviously have to do. If it's free, you obviously have to do that. But if you have Amazon Prime, which I know most people do have an Amazon Prime account, what you can do with your Amazon Prime account, connect it to your Twitch account, and uh, you get a Twitch Prime, which gives you one free subscribe. Subscribes are what financially support creators and streamers over on Twitch. You get one free subscribe, and uh, why not help uh, Daddy Sweezy and uh, help him financially? Uh, and because you're laughing at me doing anything and getting mad at video games. So, yeah, why not do that? Um, if you also want to financially support the show, we do have a Patreon page. On our Patreon page, um, you can uh, basically financially support the show, and that's honestly a great way to say thank you for being a friend. Uh, Golden Girl style. If you want to thank me in the Golden Girls possible best way, uh, just hit me up on that Patreon, uh, you know? Uh, I like that. So, yeah, you don't don't be stingy that way. Come on, Mark. Don't be stingy. Oh, I hit it twice. That was really cool. Um, but there's also free shit you can do. So, obviously, if you're watching the show on YouTube, uh, what you can do is like the episode. If you have any comments you want to make, leave it in the comments. That's a great way for me to look at it. I try to reply to people. If you're just being a dick, I'm not going to reply to you. I'm not going to give you that satisfaction. I know because uh, I've, I don't really comment on YouTube videos, but unless I really have something cool to say. Um, but if you uh, leave a comment, leave a like, uh, we do post the highlights over on YouTube. Uh, so if you have a friend you think would really enjoy the show, um, but you don't know how to get them started because full episodes of a podcast can be really daunting. What you can do is find a highlight that you think is really funny or very interesting. Share it with your friends because I know you're thinking about, uh, sharing me with your other friends, sharing daddy with all your other friends. So that, that's an easy way to go ahead and do that. You know, it's just an easy way to uh, send them something a little funny, just a little clip. And they're like, huh, maybe I want to listen to this full episode. Maybe uh, while I'm at the gym, I'm going to listen to Shweezy teach me about how the world works. Because that is how the world works. That is how the world works. Uh, I'll teach you how the world works. That's basically what the show is, teaching you how the world works. Um I don't, I don't make those rules. Um, but no, I think that's a, it's just an easy way, and especially if you have problems with what I said. Uh, the highlights are going to be an easy way to leave a comment. And obviously, um, what you can do is subscribe to the show. That way you never miss an episode. You never miss a clip. You never miss any updates. You never miss me playing video games. You never miss anything. Uh, but obviously, if you're on the audio-only platforms, you can always subscribe to the show. That's the easiest thing you can do. Why are you not subscribing to the show? That tells you when new episodes come out. If that, especially because we have a big audio-only audience. I know. I know y'all are listening. If you're not subscribed, uh, what the hell are you doing? Pretty bold of you little fucks to assume that I'm not God. So, yeah, I don't know why you're not subscribed. Uh, you can also uh, leave a review and give us a star rating, 54321. That's a great way to uh, freely help the show. Now, I know you think, like, uh, I don't really want to do that. It just sounds like a waste of time. Uh, th there has to be a better way uh, for me to support the show. Um, well, uh... It's just easy. We're trying to infiltrate algorithms here. That's why liking videos on YouTube, subscribing, sharing with friends, uh, leaving reviews, uh, giving us a star rating, those are ways that uh, that we infiltrate algorithms. And uh, I'm a big fan of infiltrating algorithms. Uh, infiltrated the uh, TikTok algorithm, and uh, unfortunately, it is showing me uh, a lot of meth heads. And... Uh, some other names 
uh, the, some other types of people that I don't really want to get into uh, on the podcast. But if you want to ask me, I, I will tell you. So I'm not not that of a secret. I'm just uh, kind of could sound really offensive the way I'm talking right now. Anyways, though. Um, with all that being said, yeah, help us infiltrate algorithms. If you want to financially support the show, financially support the show. Uh, don't be stingy. Come on, Mark. Don't be stingy. Uh, help help me out. Help uh, everything we are creating here. Uh, we are creating uh, – we're not just – what does Darman say? We're not just creating videos. We're changing lives. Uh, <laughs> uh, so, yeah, and uh, why would I lie to you? Why would I lie to you? Why does it sound like also my voice is going away? I've not been, like, yelling or anything. Um, maybe it doesn't sound that way to you, but it feels that way to me. I don't know. This could be, by the end of the show, I'm probably going to I could easily lose my voice. I don't know. We have to decide who we are and uh, who we're going to be in life. And, um... Be gone, fuck! And uh, the be gone to all the thoughts out there. Um, unless you want to do anything I just previously asked you. That would be great. Uh, then you're no longer a thought. Don't be a thought, people. That's that's going to be the moral of what I've been talking about. Don't be a thought. Okay? Now, let's get on to previous week right now. Previous week right now, for those of you who don't know, um, is the news. The news filtered by me. Uh, the news. Uh, what news do we go over, perhaps? Uh, news from the previous week. And I bet you're wondering, when are we going to go over it? Right now. That's why we called it uh, previous week right now. So, uh, come on, Mark, don't be stingy. So, um, as a uh, good old Philip DeFranco would say, let's just jump into it. So, um, Ooh, this one's interesting. So this is from Fox to now. Um, this sounds like a nightmare to me. A dozen stuck in British pub with Oasis cover band for three days after storm. Uh, dozens of customers who stopped for a drink at Britain's highest altitude pub got a longer stay than they bargained for after the building was cut off by a blizzard. 61 people woke up Monday after the third night at the Tan Hill Inn in the Yorkshire Dales, 270 miles, and then they 435 kilometers, if you think that, north of London. They have been unable to leave since Friday when a late autumn storm brought snow and heavy winds that felled power. That's a weird one. Felled powered cables. Oh, felled power cables and blocked roads. The pub sits 1,732 feet above sea level and is used used to being cut off by bad weather. Manager Nicola Townsend said staff had organized movies, a quiz night, and karaoke for a stranded guest. They also have been entertained by an Oasis cover band, Noasis, who have been also been stuck at the pub since their gig on Friday night. Townsend said the guests were in really good spirits. They formed quite a friendship, like a big family is the best way I can describe it. She said, one lady actually said, I don't want to leave. Townsend said she hoped people would be able to head home later Monday once roads have been cleared. Um, so that actually sounds like fun. That sounds like they had a good time. The title, I guess the reason I pulled this episode is because the title uh, was interesting to me, Fox 2 Now. That's what was really interesting to me, uh, being stuck in a pub uh, with Oasis cover band, and they're playing, and the idea in my mind was, oh, we're trapped in this pub in an Oasis cover band, is here now. I'm no. I I don't know if I've said this before, um, but I believe that Oasis is an overrated band. Pretty bold of you, little fucks, to assume that I'm not God. I'm not afraid to say this. First of all, I hate the Gallagher's, Noel and 
no Noel and Liam, like they're just fucking what, what which one's the one? I think it's Liam is the one asshole. Like they both hate each other and they're just like really ass, big assholes to each other. I'm like, bro, I don't I don't know. Like you don't have to spend all your time with them. You don't even have to like your brother very much, but like be a fucking adult about it. Like at least try to be respectful of him. Like I I've had friends that I've fallen out with and I still try to respect them and not try to talk shit uh, on a podcast about, you know, uh, I only talk shit about my real friends. So if you're, you know, when I talk shit about my friends, just know they're my friends. That's why I don't talk shit about people. I, I only talk shit about people, um, I'm friends with and, uh, uh, famous people I don't know or whatever you consider people on TLC. You consider that famous. My ear itches. It occasionally does itch. Um, but yeah, that sounds awful. And I do think Oasis is very, very, very much overrated. People thought they were going to be the next Beatles. They have like, let's be honest, they have two good songs. Wonderwall, which everyone has covered and played to death. And uh, Champagne Supernova is pretty good. Uh, but besides that, I don't know how we could consider them. I guess they there was like a prospect of them becoming the next uh Beatles, but, and if you've seen any of them play live, like Noel or Liam play live, is Liam Gallagher the right one? I don't know the kid on Shameless is named Liam Gallagher. Is that his name? I'm probably getting it wrong, but I also don't really care about them, so it's okay. Um, but it, it's just like this idea of like a cover band for a band that's already not very good. Um, it's just mind-blowing to me. Like, I get when you're, like, a cover band and you just play a variety of different music. Um, you, like, you know, you do Oasis. Um, just making sure everyone burns shit in this house. Uh, like, incense, which I call incest. Um, and, uh, yeah, so, honestly, yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna be, I'm very, uh, very strong about, uh, Oasis not being a very good band. I identify as a fucking threat. Um, so that would just, that just sounds like a personal hoe to me. And just, just playing, okay, maybe you're gonna be the one that saves me. I'm like, Jesus Christ, buddy, it's been three days. Shut the fuck up. Um, so that, I don't know how you can create a whole cover band on Oasis when they don't really have that many good songs. And like, maybe, how many albums do they have? They don't have very many. They broke up and started being immature, grown ass people immature. And, uh, but no, the actual idea of this isn't the worst thing, considering they probably had somewhat of a plan for it, uh, 1,700 feet above sea level, I mean, movies, quizzes, the big thing that's worrying is, like, the food, um, guess rations, I didn't really talk about food, they had booze, so if you want to go on a, a, the technically what is a real bender, which is not eating, but drinking or doing a lot of drugs, um, which I still don't get because eating is one of the best parts about getting really drunk is you go out to some like Taco Bell or cookout. If you're in the in Nashville, we go to cookout and, uh, you go and, uh, you eat garbage food and it's the best thing ever. Um, that's why that's one, one of the best things. And I told a friend, I'm like, what isn't drink eating the best part about getting drunk? Um, and I saw my friend post it. He's like, getting drunk with fat people was great because then they start frying chicken. And you're like, how did they even unthaw that? <laughs> it was like, it was pretty great. But, uh, 
would uh, be able to head home later Monday once we're able to go. Uh, I assume everything's good, but I don't know. Hanging out with people, like, getting to know them. Like, I've been to camps. They're church camps, but they were still camps, you know. Like, you may not know anyone to begin with, but then you, you know, start to get to know people, hang out with them, and then you, you know, you become good friends. And uh, mainly, most of these people were like, well, we're stuck here, so I guess we're going to be friends. Come on, Mark. Don't be stingy. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, that was, that's a cool, that was a cool uh, idea. But no Oasis, uh, man. I don't know how you uh, could decide, like, hey, we're an uh, Oasis cover band. Uh, yeah. And, uh, yeah. And uh, I don't know. I don't, I don't think Oasis is a big enough band to have enough to be a cover. Like, I mean, Billy Joel has a lot of hits. Uh, we only do 80s Joel. <laughs> so, please, we don't start the fire. What was that? I don't even remember it from Step Brothers. Um Anyways, though, that's all I really have to say about that, so I'm going to move on. Okay, this is from uh, OK Player. Uh, Dave Chappelle went to his old high school and had a rough time. Dave Chappelle went back and forth with students over his latest Netflix special, The Closer. Dave Chappelle went to his alma mater, Duke Ellington School of the Arts in Washington, D.C., and met with students on Tuesday, November 23rd. According to reports, the meeting was contentious. According to Politico, Chappelle made an unannounced visit to his school, old school and spoke for about an hour with around 580 students. The visit comes on the heels of the school postponing a fundraiser for a theater named after the comedian after students threatened to protest the event. Chappelle came with the cameras rolling even though he asked the students in attendance to put their phones away, which is standard for Chappelle's show. Uh, Chappelle was reportedly announced with a mix of applause and boos. There was a question and answer portion, and that's where the issues came up. A student called Chappelle a bigot and said that Chappelle handled the controversy around his latest Netflix special, The Closer, Like a Child. The question was confirmed by Chappelle's PR rep, Carla Sims. Chappelle reportedly responded by saying, My friends, with all due respect, I don't believe you can make one of the decisions I have to make on a make one of the decisions I have to make on a given day. Things continue to evolve from there. According to students, Politico talked with the crowd, felt like Chappelle laughed at students' questions or didn't respond seriously to them. At one point, a student left and Chappelle said, of course she left early. At another point, Chappelle told the students, I'm better than every instrumentalist artist, no matter what art you do in the school right now, I'm better than all of you. I'm sure that will change. I'm sure you'll be household names soon. Although the meetup was tense, Chappelle came with gifts. The comedian gave out 600 Thanksgiving meals and tickets to a screening of his new documentary, Untitled. Uh, Andrew Yang, who Chappelle endorsed during his presidential run in 2020, came to comics defense after the story started to make waves on Twitter. He wrote, The press hit job on his visiting high school is awful. Successful alum who fundraises the for school returns, speaks to students, and gives everyone a free meal for Thanksgiving. But of course, in 2021, an obvious positive gesture is framed negatively in the media. Um, so, I haven't talked a lot about the... Uh, the Closer, Dave Chappelle's newest Netflix special. Um, and uh, I've kind of wanting to see how a lot of things play out. Now, um, I watched it. Um, did I think it was super transphobic? Um, no, I didn't. I mean, I didn't really didn't think it was that transphobic at all. He was just kind of stating an opinion. And because uh, the one big thing, I mean, he was making... One thing, it was a comedy special, so you got to realize some of the things he was saying were jokes, and uh, sometimes jokes aren't what you actually mean, folks. Um, another thing, 
yeah, I mean, and then you told his story about his friend Daphne, who was transgender, and like he had a transgender friend. Um, I'm gonna be honest, uh, not a lot of uh, transphobic people have uh, trans friends. Um, that's very. I'm gonna to be honest. That's very true. You know, I've not met a lot of racists who you know have a black friend. They probably think they they probably think lesser of like hood people, and they're like, I know one black guy, but uh, yeah. Yeah, so, like, his story about his friend Daphne, uh, very interesting. Now, I'm not trans, so I can't really speak on behalf of the trans experience in the world. But um, I feel, because like, I haven't heard any good uh, arguments people have made. They're just like, it's just, everyone's more like, it was disgusting how Dave Chappelle uh, talked about transgender people on his thing. And they didn't really give examples on what he said. In regards to that, so I'm giving, in my mind, um, from what it sounds like, uh, they didn't watch it. That's just uh, my opinion. I feel like a lot of people uh, are making statements about it and didn't watch it. Because, one, I feel like um, the people who did watch it uh, made one statement about it, and they didn't really give examples about it, and then everyone else is just coattailing on that. But they didn't really watch it. And so I thought it was very interesting when he said, like, uh, you know, when Netflix was, people were scheduling a walkout at Netflix, uh, he was like, yeah, I'm willing to be an audience or whatever for Netflix, but they, he gave him like, but it's going to have to come on my terms. First of all, you have to, uh, and you have to watch the special, which I'm, which I mean, in my mind is like, it's really funny. And, uh, and I guess he may, maybe made some other ones, but he ended it with, and he had to admit Hannah Gatsby is not funny. <laughs> That's just, that's just I I don't know that that one's a that one's I can see as a joke but at the same time come on like <laughs> that's just funny I don't know if like you they're having to admit that but I think he but I do think he's a good thing you have to you need to watch it so that's I mean, the thing is people being offended by shit so um back in my Christian days I was at a I was at a camp and. Uh, uh, famous pastor Rob Bell. So I know we have some ex-evangelicals here. If you're evangelical, I hope I don't know how you're still listening to this show. I'm gonna be honest. I don't know why you're here, uh, but if, for the ex-evangelicals who come on this show and uh, like listening to uh, the shit I have to say, um, you probably know of Rob Bell. Um, remember? I think I want to say it was 2011 ish. Yeah, I want to say 2011. Uh, he wrote a book and it was basically confirming he thinks he's like a universalist, I think is the term, where everyone goes to heaven, uh, regardless if you are, which in most, uh, in most Christian sects, uh, there's, everyone think one's a little different, uh, come on, Mark, don't be stingy, but, uh, everyone's a little different, but the idea is you have to accept Jesus and get baptized is kind of a big thing and follow in his teachings to it. What you consider a degree. That's the, that's the general uh, rule. Um, and then, you know, you gotta, let's go full throttle. Let's go full throttle for Jesus. And um, that's kind of a general thing. Every, you know, every little sub sect of, uh, Christianity is a little different in that regards. So, um, that's kind of like the main gist of it. Uh, but then he came out as universalist where everyone goes to heaven regardless of who you are. And there's a little bit more details into it. I haven't read the book, so I'm not going to talk a lot more shit. Anyways, the, the story I'm trying to tell is he released a book kind of confirming about how he is a universalist. And, uh, we we're at this camp and this guy was like talking, doing a class type thing. And he basically said that, uh, 
he basically said uh, he was basically talking about how it was bullshit to a degree. And then my friend who was also there, he actually just finished the book. He just like rose his hand and asked, did you read the book? And then he was like, no, I didn't. And so it's like, you can't be making a point. Like he said, like, so like in the idea, like Rob Bell said he's a universalist and he wrote a book giving points on why he believes this and why you should believe this or could believe this too. But then someone's criticizing it, but hasn't read the book. Do you get what I'm trying to say here? Um, a lot of these people criticizing Dave Chappelle have not watched the special or listened to it. I think you can only watch. So that's, that's my thing with this is that if you're going to criticize a work of art, um, you need to indulge in it, I guess, is the consume it. You have to do it. Even if you don't like it, you don't have to like everything. I've listened to shitty albums. Uh, hopefully, by the end of the month, I will be doing a uh, end-of-year review of my top 10 favorite albums and albums that didn't hit right and uh, honorable mentions and shit like that. But with this, I, it, it, that really annoys me, that people are criticizing the special and haven't even watched it. That, that just annoys me. Just at least watch it. And honestly, if you don't have a sense of humor, um, you shouldn't go to comedy clubs. You shouldn't listen to comedy. You shouldn't watch anything that's humorous. I know if you watch it, you, you probably don't listen to this show. Um, if you're, if you have a sense of humor, if you don't have a sense of humor, I guess you don't check out this show. That's just, uh, that's just a normal thing. Um, and then I guess he goes to the school. Um, I mean, I mean, I guess he's doing a back and forth with students and like that sounds like a bad idea. Um, it sounds like he could just give a speech and then uh, leave. It doesn't sound like he needs to be having a back and forth Zoom. Like that sounds like a bad idea. Uh, people who don't also, it's like an art school, but like you people who are, don't have any sense of humor, which is just a weird thing to be in. Like even like music people, like I get like you don't make funny music or whatever. I'm like I don't make funny music. But at the same time, it's just like you don't have a sense of humor and you take yourself too seriously. It's just you're not fun to be around. It's hard to work with you to like that. So but anyways, the the Thanksgiving meals, though, I don't know if they're complaining about that. I think they're just complaining. They're calling him a bigot and transphobic. Just at least I will say this. Have your own opinions on it. But at least check out the special. Watch the special. Uh, even if you don't have a sense of humor. Uh, and then make form an opinion on it and give reasons to your opinion on it. Uh, that's how things work. That's how the world works. Uh, I know right now you just say shit and it's people will believe it's fact, but um, like how vaccines cause autism, but uh, there's only one research paper which has now been, or one research, one scientific journal about it in like 1999. Now that's proven false, and uh, all vaccines are fine. Uh, you're just uh, stupid. Uh, and if you have a problem, white people, white people. Damn, I always pressed the wrong one. Pretty bold of you, little fucks, to assume that I'm not God. Okay. Um, this one's funny. This is from Louder Now. Kid Rock's new video, "Don't Tell Me How to Live," mistaken for Weird Al parody. <laughs> that's rough, buddy. Uh, if you haven't seen Kid Rock's latest video, let us explain the reason for. Furor, 
to you. Essentially, Robert Ritchie, a.k.a. Kid Rock, gets his knickers in a twist over woke culture, combining cringeworthy rap rock and members of Monster Trucks with lyrics that slam offended millennials, snowflakes, and kids that receive participation trophies. That's right. Kid Rock is offended by about, well, people being offended. While garbed in fur coats, rock star shades, fedoras, chains, and slogan tees that state totally profound things like social media sucks, Kid Rock and John Harvey trade vocal lines in between drags, fur, from cigars. Oh, and there's also the particularly outlandish scene where Kid Rock blasts off into space while sat on a giant middle finger and one final gesture to show the world how much he just truly doesn't care. Edgy. Uh... It's not surprisingly, then, that the video has been mistaken for a Kid Rock parody courtesy of Weird Al Yankovic, who is famous for creating comedic rock and pop lampoons of classic hits, some of which include Smells Like Nirvana, Eat It, and Like a Surgeon. And it turns out people have even been congratulating Weird Al for the video, completely unaware that Kid Rock really was the one behind it. Music fans on Twitter have also been making the comparison, with one user declaring, no one, not even Weird Al, is going to tell me that isn't Weird Al in the Kid Rock video. Uh, taking to the platform to clear his name, the comedian tweeted, to everybody that's congratulating me right now on my new Kid Rock parody video, let me clarify, that's not me. That's actually Kid Rock. Ah, man, I hate living in the same place as Kid Rock. I really want him to go back to Detroit. Can we kick him out of Nashville? He has a bar here, too. I'm like, we're not going in that. If we have friends who want to fucking go downtown, first of all, kill me. But second, um... Let me realize that uh, that place looks awful and uh, does not look like fun. It's, it just looks like gonorrhea on the floor. Like gonorrhea is on the floor. That's what that place looks like. Um, what I'll also uh, say is this idea. See, I don't like. See, I don't like the idea of like being a snowflake and being offended by everything. Um, but then I also hate people like Kid Rock who try to be too edgy about it. It's kind of this idea of, uh, don't, I'm kind of on the, there's like a middle ground, I guess, where I'm on, where it's like, I guess I'm technically pretty liberal, um, and then I also, but then also I'm just like, um, don't expect me to, uh, don't blame me for what triggers you, I mean, you just gotta deal with that shit on your own, uh, point of personal privilege, uh, please stop using gendered language, it's just like, if you're dressed like a woman, do you look like a woman? And I accidentally call you, like, she or her or whatever. Um, and you get mad I got your pronouns wrong. Um, I'll apologize. I'm sorry I didn't know your pronouns. But at the same time, uh, don't get mad that I got it wrong. At the same time, because uh, uh, I, I didn't know. So, uh Come on, Mark. Don't be stingy. But yeah, I guess he's trying to be super edgy to a point where... Uh, he's a joke, and Kid Rock's already been a joke. It's so he's gotten to be so far into a joke that people who make jokes are like, um, "Well, uh, this isn't me. Uh, this is this is the real thing. This is a real joke. This is a real joke for real people." And uh, it's pretty, it's pretty, uh, it's pretty sad uh, to see that Kid Rock has gone that far down and. Uh, I hope he leaves the world forever because I'm tired of seeing his face uh, places. That's a that's a good thing. Yeah, I'm tired of seeing his face uh, in the world. And uh, maybe we can get rid of it. 
Looks like we have our last article of the day. Passenger claims woman breastfed cat on board flight. Uh, most pet owners will go to great lengths to care for their pets. When it comes to people in their pets, the question often isn't what you do for them, but what you wouldn't do. For one American Airlines passenger, the latter doesn't seem to include breastfeeding. A screenshot has gone viral of which what looks like a pilot messaging system that suggests a passenger on Delta Air Flight DL1360 to Atlanta began breastfeeding her cat and refused to stop despite repeated requests from the crew. Pax or passenger in seat 13A is breastfeeding a cat and will not put cat back in its carrier when uh, flight attendant requests. Uh, read the ACARS memo. Uh, the pilot requests Delta Redcoat ground team meet the customer after landing to reprimand her. According to an online source, the carrier was contracted for comments to confirm whether the incident took place. Delta was tightened. Regulations regarding emotional support animals over the last few years after experiencing an 84 uh, percent, percent, they spelled percent wrong, percent, it's one word, uh, increase in incidents. However, unlike this case, it is usually the animal acting up. Passengers are still allowed to bring their small dogs and cats in the cabin, but they must stay in a kennel under the seat in front of the entire flight. This does include an additional charge for customers. The phrase emotionally supportive has been interpreted broadly over the years. In any statement, Delta said they have seen comfort turkeys, gliding possums, known as sugar gliders, snakes, spiders, and more taken on planes. One of the more famous flyers was Daniel, the emotional support duck, who accompanied a 37-year-old man with PTSD on a flight in 2016. Um, I've also seen uh, a video of a guy uh, with an emotional support gator. Uh, I don't know if it's an alligator or a crocodile. Could be one or the other. Honestly, I don't know much of a difference. The only difference I know between an alligator and a crocodile is that an alligator uh, you'll see later and a crocodile you'll see after a while. So that's the only difference I really know between the two. Um, and I also don't live in Florida, so I don't have to care. Uh, but uh, yeah, it's it's a. Uh, no, I think it's I think it should be okay, you know, um, because honestly, real support animals, uh, not the demon pug I live with, but real support animals, very well behaved animals, and they're not really animals you have to work at, and they're like $2,000 animals too. So those are real support animals, and I get why people need those, and uh, I'm going to be honest, Frankie makes my life a lot better. Uh, just him hanging around, being cool, uh, being a little stingy. Come on, Mark, don't be stingy. Uh, so, I mean, like, I get it, I get it, you know. Uh, animals make the, they're like fat bottom girls, they make the rock and roll go around. Um, but... In, I guess we're getting way too loose with that term. It's like, this is my emotional support pit bull. I need to bring my fucking pit bull on the plane. Okay. I'm not making fun of pit bulls, but at the same time, pit bulls probably aren't emotional support animals. They can help you, but uh, they're not emotional support animals. That's 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 what we're seeing. Um, and, uh, yeah, your emotional support crocodile or whatever is not, not, a, not a good, not... Also, yeah, um, we need to we need to start regulating what is an emotional support animal. Cats and dogs. We're not we're not gonna do any other animals. Animals, I'm cool with. That's the that's what we're doing, and that's the way it is. We're not. We're, we need to stop emotional support geese. Uh, no, no emotional support duck. I don't know. How do you? 
You're like, I need an emotional support animal. At some point, I can see why someone would be like, I need an emotional support animal. And then you go with a duck. I'm like, <sighs> I'm like, I'm allergic to dogs and cats, so I guess I better get, get my emotional support duck. I'm not allergic to ducks. I'm like, okay. So, yeah. So, um, and then also you breastfeed a cat. That has to hurt. Have you ever been bitten by a cat? I mean, it does. It's, I mean, it's not like the worst pain in the world, but I've been bitten by a cat, and it's not cool. Um, so, yeah, um, people, be realistic with your emotional support animals, um, and, uh, if you have a problem with me, I'll just say... Pretty bold of you little fucks to assume that I'm not God. Have you ever been hungry? I have. But did you know 40% of the food in the U.S. goes uneaten, and $218 billion in food is thrown away every year? When you're hungry, that information will turn you into a Kyle and punch a hole in the wall. But do not fear, my friends. Today's sponsor, Imperfect Foods, is here to save the day. Imperfect Foods is helping to prevent food waste, and so far, their customers have saved 139 million pounds of food. They're affordable and convenient, making sustainability more accessible. What I love most is that they meet a lot of different dietary needs. In, mo in moments, I'm stingy with my diet. I always go full throttle on a low-carb diet. They can even hook you up if you're vegan or vegetarian as well. Here is the best part. When you sign up using the link in our description, you can get an $80 credit. Holy shit. That is an incredible deal that you should be taking advantage of. So sign up for Imperfect Foods today, help stop food waste, and get an $80 credit. Remember, when you use our links and promos, you directly support this show. Are you a fat piece of shit who needs to get their life together? Do you want to look like me, the pinnacle of health and nutrition? Well, to be just like me, the greatest athlete of all time, you're going to need health supplements to get the most out of your workout, lose some extra weight, and work towards a healthy lifestyle. That's where today's sponsor, FNX Fitness, is your new hero. FNX Fitness is committed to creating innovative supplements of the highest quality that provide focus for a productive morning, energy to thrive all day, performance supplements to reach new goals, unique sleep and recovery formulas to support any sport, and healthy supplements to support an active lifestyle for years to come. I also really enjoy their clothing line that makes you look good while working out as well. Another thing I love about FNX Fitness is that with every purchase, they donate a gallon to water of water to a child in need. Start working out smarter, not harder. By using the link in our description today, you can save 15% on your purchase. So go save 15% on some of the best supplements out there when using the link in our description. And remember, when you use our links, you directly support this show. So keeping up with the tradition from last year, um, I want to continue our Christmas series on uh, movie reviews of your favorite Christmas movies. Now, I'm no stranger to admit that Christmas is my favorite holiday. Uh, one reason I love it, and I think probably one of the main reasons I love it, um, not even, there used to be, there used to be some religious reasoning behind it. Uh, but um, the main main reason I love it is just people decide or decide that uh, because it's like this Christmas season or the holiday season that they they believe they should you know try to be nice to one another and be try to make the world a nicer place because it's Christmas. I'm like I wish we could replicate at least that feeling year round. Like now you know Christmas and you know celebrating Christmas shit um, is obviously cool and I enjoy doing that but there's like this this idea that we all try to be better people around this time of the year for some reason because it's Christmas um I, lo I love that idea and I wish we could do it it was kind of like the beginning of the pandemic 
uh, where we all just tried to be better people towards one another. Now we're just cutthroat and shit like that. So, um, with that being said, uh, I want to get into uh, this uh, week's movie review uh, being The Santa Claus, starring Tim Allen. Um, so, a little background on this. Um, when I was a kid, so back before streaming services, now some of the kids out there are going to be totally lost. This is a time even before Netflix uh, had uh, DVDs in the mail. Back in my day, Netflix used to come in the mail. Uh, so this is this is this is before that. Um, and it makes me wonder how old am I? I'm 28, um, and I grew up in Kansas. Now, for those of you who don't know about. The state of Kansas is this idea that everything is stuck in time, maybe like a couple of years, maybe a decade or so behind. Uh, so, yeah, that's kind of like the the way I grew up. Just like uh, I didn't really get things like uh, I think our first DVD player was a PlayStation 2 um, because not PlayStation 2s weren't like readily available in every household at that point yet. Uh, but we still like at that time, in Kansas at least, they were still selling VHSs next to DVDs. I remember when that all came out. Um, so, yeah, so this is the time before Netflix came in the mail. So this is a pretty long time ago, uh, back when the coolest thing to get was, like, a VCR-DVD player combo. That was the coolest shit. Back when TVs had VCRs built into them, it was a cool time to be alive. Now, the, in this time, though... Uh, Christmas movies were not on a streaming service, so you either had to... And they usually weren't at, like, movie rental stores either. I don't know. I don't think we ever actually, like, rented a Christmas movie. I think we we always either had them or... Um, and we, I didn't grow up in, like, a poor household. This doesn't make me sound like we're poor. Because uh, we actually do have... They have a ton of... We had a ton of Christmas VHSs. Um, even DVDs. I remember my mom loves It's a Wonderful Life. We reviewed that last year. I might need to go back to some of the old episodes. And, uh... I don't know. People, friends are texting me. Um, yeah, so I remember my mom loves It's a Wonderful Life, which we reviewed last year. Like I said, I might have to edit those and put them up, because I don't know if we did highlights for those. Uh, we didn't, I was like too lazy to do highlights back then. Um, but, remember they had to go from VHS to DVD. I don't know if they got into Blu-ray yet, no. Last year was the first time I watched that movie in 4K. Um, yeah, pretty intense. Uh, going on further though, uh, we had the Santa Claus on like a VHS, but it was one of those record TV recording VHS kind of things. And, uh, yeah, that's why we had it. And that's what, how we had it. It was recorded on ABC family, ABC family now known as Freeform. It used to be called ABC family. And it was a fun channel because they showed a lot of reruns of like full house and, uh, grounded for life and all the cool, all the cool TV shows. And, uh, yeah, so we had just a VHS copy of the Santa Claus recorded, um, remember we had that and, uh, A Year Without a Santa Claus, which I think we did last year as well. Uh, yeah, I remember years ago, it was like Mike Pence and, uh, Donald Trump, they're the gay, gay elves, or <laughs> they're the heat miser and snow miser. Uh, yeah, we had those were like TV recordings, but then everything else we had like the VHS for like Rudolph, uh, was it? No, that, last year we did A Year Without a Santa Claus. Santa Claus coming to town. 
which I think we also did last year. We had it on VHS. I remember the VHS copy. So our Santa Claus was like a TV recording of it. And I think the majority of the time I watched it, because when we were kids, I don't know why we had this. This makes me sound like, first it sounds like we were recording movies on TV, because that's how we got our movies. And now I'm talking about, oh, yeah, our van had a uh, VCR and TV in it. Uh, Very small. I mean, it was like this big, like the size of my head. Um, Stuff like that. I always got to control it. And then uh, we had to to get headphone extension cables. And I think I still have one somewhere. that we plugged like the ceiling because my dad was a member that year. We got headphone extensions because <laughs> my dad's like, I don't want to hear your fucking movie. <laughs> he didn't use that those words, but it's like I'm tired of hearing your fucking movies. Like, uh, while I'm trying to drive, which makes sense now as an adult, I'm like that makes sense. That was a good idea. And it was like cheap headphones, like you know the headphones you think you get on like an airplane. It's like thin metal strap, like fuzz ball ears, stuff like that. That's, those were the headphones, so it was a cool time to be alive, and it was really convenient because we would drive uh, my dad's family's in St. Louis, and that's who we'd see for Christmas, and it was like a five-hour drive from where we lived in Kansas, so and my dad, as an adult, my dad's like, you know, you guys were really good uh, in, on long car rides, and I'm like, yeah, because we had movies to watch, and uh, then after that, I remember we got I got a portable DVD player, like that's the shit. Now... I mean, now I have, now, like, yeah, now it's so weird. I'm just going on rants right now. We're not even getting into the movie yet. Uh, like, my my MacBook still has a CD drive, but they don't even make those anymore. And I don't even know how many people actually buy a lot of Blu-rays anymore. Now, if I'm going to buy a movie, a lot of times it's just, I either, yeah, I usually either download it or buy it. Download, you know. Um, no, this is one that's, yeah, so I have, like, all the Harry Potter, Shrek movies. I have Infinity War, Spider-Man movies. You know, on digital, so and I got just like save it to my iPad and watch it there. So come on, Mark, don't be stingy. Um, yeah. Um, so that's that's my background. So my dad's just listening. To my dad's adult. You guys were real when you were kids. You were really good on cars. I'm like, yeah, we were watching movies. Like, and then you have like parents, like I don't know, like even friends with kids. And like we're gonna go on a long car ride, and then they give their kids nothing to do. Like, well, no wonder they're just being annoying. <laughs> I don't know why, like, I don't know, I'd just be like, we're gonna, here's a ton of movies. We're gonna download, we're gonna on our iPad, and, uh, yeah, pick pick what you wanna watch, we're gonna watch it, and, uh, don't bother us or you don't get to watch it, so, either gonna talk to us or not, or, you know, we listen to music or whatever, even, like, adults, like, if you know you're gonna go on a long car ride by yourself, like, you're gonna get some music, some podcasts, like, maybe podcasts like Cancel Sweezy, or you're gonna download music like Ride or Die Volume 2 out now, wherever you're streaming music or buy music, you know? Um, anyways, though, so, uh, long, long detour short, uh, that's how I watched this, this movie as a kid. Uh, I think one of my dads, my dad really enjoys the Santa Claus, he always watches Santa Claus 2, Santa Claus 3, which I don't like those movies that much. The first one's pretty good, though. Um, this is also the movie. So this is a sad thing to admit. Uh, but um, so the movie's called The Santa Claus. Now, Santa's name is Santa Claus. Uh, S- Santa Claus spelled C-L-A-U-S. Now, in my mind, I actually thought Claus was spelled C-L-A-U-S-E. Uh, and it wasn't until 2019... I got the joke because clause is in like something in a contract or whatever. Um, yeah. Okay, folks, don't 
don't get mad at me. You clicked on this, either the video or the podcast. You clicked on this. I didn't realize it until 2019, and uh, I realized the the meaning of the clause, and I realized that I was spelling. I've been spelling Santa Claus wrong for a really long time, or autocorrect has been helping me save my saving my ass for a really long time. So don't judge me, folks. Okay, don't judge me. Um, I didn't realize the E in there, and it also didn't help when I started this movie and that the opening title on the movie that uh, the E was like highlighted. Okay, it was, like I think this was God mocking me for not realizing uh, the joke in the title of this movie. The Santa Claus is in the contract is when he puts on the jacket, he becomes Santa Claus and is now cursed to be Santa Claus for his entire life until he dies. Um, Anyways, though, those are two things I wanted to get through uh, before we get into this movie review. Uh, Now, time for me to go into the movie that I watched and now be reviewing for all of you. So, um, we're introduced to Scott Calvin. Now, he works some some corporate job that's very, very... Uh, they don't go into a lot of details. Um, but I think he works in sales and toys, I guess is what they explain. Because it's supposed to be some sort of parallel to him becoming Santa. It's just like a little bit of foreshadowing uh, of him becoming Santa. Uh, he is divorced. And... Uh, he has a kid, so uh, his ex-wife is still in his life, um, and his wife is dating a therapist or a psychiatrist named Neil, who wears Bill Cosby sweaters, which you don't wear anymore, because uh, it's not a good sign of being a good father. <laughs> you think you used to think uh, back in back in my day before we all knew about Bill Cosby, um, I would say before Bill Cosby was a rapist, but he was always a rapist, <laughs> apparently. Uh, sad enough, he, um, we, we learned, um, yeah, you thought that was the sign of being a mature adult, is wearing a Cosby sweater. Uh, we learned wrong, and sometimes we make mistakes. Uh, he, uh, yeah, he is worse than Neil. Uh, Neil, beginning of the movie, Neil says, Santa doesn't exist, and Mom agrees with that bullshit, too. Um, so this is where we get into the biggest plot hole in this movie, uh, being that, um, if people believe that Santa doesn't exist, uh, but they tell their kids Santa exists, who the fuck is leaving presents under the tree? And that's that's a big plot hole in a lot of these movies. Like, I don't believe in Santa. And then, but presents just appear under the tree. Who could it be? Believe it or not, it's not Santa. So, uh, yeah. So, um, there's a big, 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 uh, big plot hole here. Um, so, it's, Christmas Eve, I want to believe, this is the night here. Uh, Scott, uh, the mom, who I didn't know the name, and I will get to the point when I learned what her name was. I just call her Charlie's mom, or Scott's ex-wife. Uh, drops him off at uh, Scott's for, I guess he's spending Christmas, I guess, the night with Scott, uh, and he doesn't want to be there. I don't know why. Because um, if you're living with mom more often... Uh, that means you get to be the fun parent, and, uh, that's the thing, I had a friend who got divorced and had a kid, and, uh, he had to, and, like, I guess he moved, I guess, far away, I don't want to give his location, uh, but, like, I guess him and the mom kind of debating, you know, obviously, you want to see your kid or whatever, uh, so he, I guess they made some rule that, like, 
he gets them during the school year, and then he visits her in the summer, stuff like that. And it's like, well, you got to be the fun parent. So uh, that's fun shit. And I guess she visits any other time of the year. Uh, yeah, they get to hang out. Um, anyways, though, so uh, he he's apparently not the fun parent. So he tries to cook this huge ass Christmas Eve feast or whatever for two people. One's a child. And uh, people are always like, why am I trying to not finish their food? And it's like, well, you're probably putting way too much food on their plate. That's one That's one theory. Um, but every kid is different or whatever. I don't know. Um, but they can eat a lot of candy. That's just, it's like pizza room. Like, I have a lot of room in my stomach for pizza. Oh, anyways, though. Um, oh, yeah, and then uh, before, he's like, why does Neil and Mom say that Santa doesn't exist? And I guess he said that they're naughty, and so... They don't. That's why they don't believe in Santa, because they keep being put on the naughty list. Um, so they, but yeah, he ends up. Yeah, you know, like I said, they are building this huge ass like Christmas feast or whatever uh, for two people, FYI. And he burns the turkey. Um, it lights on fire, which I don't know if you've cooked anything in the oven before, but very rarely you have to really fuck up to get something to light on fire in the oven. Uh, you have to really, really, really fuck up. Now you can burn things and now smoke will come out of the oven. Um, you can cook something so long it cooks. Uh, maybe, maybe fire isn't the worst thing, but I've never had a fire in the oven. I've overcooked things before, but I've never had a fire in the oven. So they end up going to Denny's. Now I'm, I'm bringing this up. I'm not, I'm just stating a fact here. I'm just, I'm just stating what I watched in the movie. Okay, folks. So don't get stingy. Come on, Mark. Don't be stingy. With me when I say this. Uh, the entire restaurant, there was only Asians at this restaurant. The entire restaurant was only Asians at the Denny's. And, uh, the, and Charlie was like, Ma, Dad, burnt dinner and the, the turkey. And then they're like, I get it. All right, here's a seat. And then, yeah, so the, they're at Denny's. So you know it's a good movie when a Denny's shows up. Uh, yeah, Denny's, Denny's is the... Denny's is like a divorced dad's restaurant. Let's be honest. Uh, I enjoy Denny's. I will enjoy a good Denny's uh, sometimes. But yeah, that is Denny's has divorced dad energy. Let's just be honest here. Uh, Denny's is divorced dad energy. And I didn't make that up. Actually, I made up the theory in my mind. But the reality, I didn't make it up. Okay, so now we start getting into the premise of this movie. So Charlie wakes up in the middle of the night and he hears... um, from the night before Christmas, a clatter on the roof, and he wakes up his dad to actually go check on it, and he's like, uh, you know the number, f- you know how to call 911? Like, yeah, it's 911. <laughs> it's like a funny joke. Anyway, so he goes to check on it, and he just sees a guy dressed up like Santa, or someone in a Santa suit dressed up, and, uh, he's like, hey, what are you doing on the roof? And then Santa falls to his death. Yep, that's how it works. Um, now, I saw a guy jump off the roof onto his feet, and I know his feet are probably broken now. Uh, I've seen a lot of people hurt themselves from jumping off roofs. Never die, though. That's the thing. They're, they're alive. Um, are they potatoes? Probably. But uh, they are alive. Um, so, he, Scott looks for identification. He finds the card with the Santa Claus on it. Uh, saying that, uh, whoever puts, if I die, uh, put on the jacket, the, the the reindeer will know what to do. So Scott foolishly puts on the jacket and, uh, therefore inflicting himself with the curse 
of becoming Santa Claus. The the curse the curse we'll get into a little bit later, but I have to imagine it's it sounds like a curse. Now, you're telling me that if you put on a jacket unwill- unknowingly that you are now having to take the identity of someone else. Uh, that's a little, you know, that is something of a curse. Um, and so they, they make deliveries and obviously, and, uh, you know, Scott, you know, now cursed with the role of Santa from the jacket now has to, um, now finish the gifts and then they make it to the North pole at the end of it. And they're all really confused. And, uh, they meet Bernard who some reason has a New York accent. And he lives at the North Pole. Now, now I know realistically the actor's probably from New York, and that's why he was just giving off that voice. Um, he's also, Bernard's also weird because he's got like a dick to Scott, a.k.a. now Santa, his new boss. But he's really nice to kids um, for some reason, and he's terrible to the elves. He's like, oh, you, we don't drink coffee. I guess you're not on break anymore. Get back to work. I'm like, it, just, it was just Christmas. Don't, can't they get a day off or something like that? Um... So what I have to assume, the elves are slave labor. Um, uh, It's how some white people view slavery as in, like, you know, slaves enjoyed being slaves. And, like, probably not. I would assume if they had the choice, they would not. (sighs) Anyways, though, um, so, yeah, he gives Charlie, like, a snow globe, which is cool. Uh, They go walking around the workshop with the slave elves, um, who are already starting toys for next year, for some reason, which... uh, which also Scott works in marketing for toys or whatever. I don't know what he does. Okay. It's something to do with toys. Um, and they're like, how do you know what we're going to invent right now for next year? Um, and, uh, you know, obviously Bernard, uh, explains in his New York accent, uh, about his, I don't know if I can do a New York accent. I'm sorry, folks, about, uh, the curse of me now, now that he's cursed with being Santa. Nah. Yeah. So he is now cursed to be Santa for, until he dies, I guess. Uh, this is how the curse of Santa continues in this world. Uh, he then drinks a 1,200-year-old cocoa recipe, and he kind of flirts with the kid elf, but I think it's just play, playful back and forth. Sorry, I'm, I'm, I'm taking, I'm dating someone and rapping or whatever <laughs> the joke was, <laughs> or something like that. I don't know, it was like a weird scene. I'm like, that didn't, that does not work in 2021. Um, some of these Christmas movies don't age well, folks. That's just how it is. Um, uh, then, uh, as we, uh, he puts on, uh, Santa's pajamas, surprisingly still fit him in his normal size, and, uh, he falls asleep in Santa's bed, but then wakes up in his own bed, but the same pajamas he fell asleep in, but was in a different location. That's... There's some logistics in this movie that don't make sense. I'm just stating what I watched. Um, so then, uh, you know, he the we're going through like this next year. So he was told by Bernard that you have until Thanksgiving, until next year, to get all your affairs in order because now you're Santa. You are now cursed with the curse of being Santa. You put on the jacket without reading tiny little letters under a microscope before iPhones could zoom in the shit and all that stuff. Uh, you are now cursed with this. So, uh, now he has to, uh, yeah, now he's, so Charlie remembers the entire thing and his dad's like, yeah, I think it's happened. It might've been a dream, but he's kind of like confused on what went on. But Charlie's like, it happened. It happened. And uh, so Charlie's just being like, let's go full throttle. So, uh, 
So yeah, they do like a career day, and then he's like, Scott's going up, and then Charlie's like, my dad's Santa. And then he's like, no, I'm kind of like Santa. I have a job with toys that doesn't, I'm not going into a lot of details about what I do, uh, but that is what it is. Um, and uh, yeah, so then they have to either, they either go to like the, then like all three parents, even uh, Neil, the stepdad, they all have to go to, e- it's either the principal or the guidance counselor. They don't make it clear or else I wasn't paying very well attention to it. So yeah, and uh, basically how the end of that scene ends, uh, they're like, fix this shit. Don't, don't do that. And then, uh, and then like, I guess they, uh, they're concerned and, uh, Scott's like, Hey, Charlie, I'll give you $5 if you just keep this a secret between us. And so, yeah. So we go further and further into this movie. Um, the curse is starting to really start affecting Scott, Scott and his life. Uh, he starts gaining tons of weight and uh, they have this whole they have this whole scene uh, where everyone at Scott's job just uh, makes a joke about his weight. Uh, like I said, this movie has aged to it. This movie has aged. Um, Frank Barone, aka his boss, uh, mentions uh, he's like, "Wow, you're getting fat." And then uh, he's like, and then uh, Scott's like, oh, "Allergic reaction." And then uh, they are ordering lunch. And uh, he orders, like, his whole lunch is just desserts. Uh, and then another coworker is just like, uh, allergic reaction, huh? <laughs> just like, and then, like, he has to talk to uh, another, uh, and then he talks to Frank Barone, his boss, again, and, like, so privately, he's like, you're gaining weight, what's wrong with you? And I'm like, can we, can we stop talking about his weight? <laughs> um, and he's, like, gained 45 pounds in a week, and he keeps growing facial hair, like, super thick, really quick. His hair is like turning gray and stuff like that, uh, and then he goes to, like the doctor to do like a physical to see what's going on, see if there's anything like kind of going on uh, with this situation. And uh, he oh, takes his shirt off, and then uh, they you know they have to check everything. He's like running on a treadmill to check his vitals and heartbeat and shit like that. And the sad thing is, his body kind of looks like mine when it's in the in the worst when it's on its worst time side it kind of looks like mine and i was like yeah he's gaining weight and i'm like yeah he kind of looks like me doesn't he <laughs> that's that's what goes on in my mind and i'm like yeah he kind of looks like me and maybe i could be santa uh get the beard going in bushier maybe um and then uh oh yeah and then the, the real problem starts when he's sitting at so he's starting his trans the curse is taking place he's starting his transformation into becoming santa and then uh and then they're at Charlie's soccer game. He's sitting on the bench just, like, watching his kid's soccer game. And um, kids are lining up to sit on his lap to, to have, And that's a weird thing. Hey, kids, sit on my lap and tell me what you want for Christmas. That has been... I don't think that has aged very well. Um, then, uh, yeah, and then, obviously, uh, Charlie's mom and Neil don't like that at all. Uh, so they leave, and then uh, they go to, like, the lawyer, the judge, to make sure that uh, they can, uh, to see if they can get visitation rights for Scott taken away. So, uh, yeah, and uh, Charlie's, like, talking to this lawyer, judge guy, and he's like, don't worry, Dad, I'll tell him the truth. And I'm like, that's not gonna, it's not gonna work, buddy. Ah, and then, so, yeah, so then they, the judge was like, uh, very hard for me to say this, um, but uh, we're gonna remove visitation rights from Scott. So that's rough, buddy. 
So uh, Scott then just walks to his ex-wife's house, and then um, he's like, I just want to say one final goodbye to Charlie. And then that's not how, like, Ricky's not supposed to be there. And uh, then uh, Bernard just shows up out of nowhere, uh, eating food and shit like that, being New York, New York style. And then he uh, teleports them away to the North Pole. Now, if the elves can teleport, how is how is couldn't that make Santa not need the Slayer, the reindeer? Wouldn't that make life a little bit easier on that end? Anyways, though, so uh, basically now it looks like he kidnapped his son, and so now cops are everywhere trying to see what's going on. And, uh, yeah, so they try to set up a setup to try to get Santa, uh, and then eventually Santa gets caught, and then, uh, they have to send out ELFS, which was short for ELFS, but ELFS, you know, E-L-V-E-S, you know, is the proper spelling of it. They're like secret agents. Now, did they ever explain what ELFS stands for? Kind of. They're like elves with attitude, and then they tied up a cop to break Santa out of jail. Um, but they don't ever go into ELFS, what that actually stands for. Maybe I missed something. Maybe I didn't. I don't care. Leave it in the comments if you know what it is. Um, and, uh, yeah, so eventually, uh, Santa comes back, brings Charlie home. Uh, then they finally confirm. This is the end of the movie. They finally confirmed her name is Laura. I'm not making this up. I don't, maybe I missed it before, but they finally confirmed her name is Laura. Uh, and then, you know, uh, and then he's like, I'm going to have to be Santa full time. So, Charlie, you're, I want you to stay with Neil and Laura. You know, just that. They burned the papers saying he can't visit, yada, 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 you know. And uh, they're like, you know what? He's fine. We have their son. Uh, he's actually Santa. And then Santa comes out and uh, drops uh, Neil his uh, weenie whistle. Because he, when he was a kid, he stopped believing in Santa when he was three because he never got an Oscar Mayer wiener weenie whistle. Which is unfortunate to the parents because, like, they don't know. It's like the 90s. They don't know when... Well, actually, not the 90s. It would probably been like the 70s, maybe, when uh, the 70s or 60s. Uh, I think 70s or 60s when, uh, you know, when uh, the Oscar Mania Wiener thing. And, like, they wouldn't know the schedule, like, when it'll be in town and shit like that. It's the only way you can get a weenie whistle, probably. And they didn't have the internet, so. Uh, and then Laura, now I finally learned her name, wanted, like, mystery date game, and she never got it as a kid, and that's when she gave up on Santa. Uh, but now they believe in Santa again, and uh, and then he flew away. Merry Christmas to all, and to all good night. And now Scott Calvin is the new Santa Claus, and is now living his life uh, through now accepting the curse that has been placed upon him uh, as the new Santa. Um, and he is now Santa, and uh, he is now living with that. So when I, that's the end of the movie. So what have we learned? Why do I always think a movie has to teach you a lesson? I don't know, folks. Um, um, if you see, the lesson I learned, if you see someone's jacket, don't put it on. It's probably cursed. And uh, you don't know if you want to accept the curse yet. Um, that's, that's the real deal. That's the way it is. And This is the type of guy you get. But also, uh, the other lesson I learned here, though, is I have my windbreaker. Uh... If I die, the next person to put on the windbreaker becomes the new Shweezy. And uh, that could be you. That could be anyone. I told all my friends to accept it and become the new Shweezy. Um, maybe their hair will grow and look cool and they'll look be cool like me. 
that's the lesson we learned here. Just don't put on stranger jackets. Um, and uh, if you're going to make a clause, don't put it on a little card. Very fine print, okay? Uh, that is being really stingy. Come on, Mark. Don't be stingy. There we go. And, uh... White people, white people. I'll believe in Santa. And I don't think there was a single... There was, like, one black person in that movie, too. Just wanted to point that out. But, uh... Yeah, don't put on strangers' jackets. That's the moral of this story, or else you will be cursed. You wouldn't download a car, so why should these random websites get your credit card information? The solution to that is today's sponsor, Privacy. Privacy is the first payment product that keeps your personal information private, while being even more convenient than using a physical payment card online. Privacy empowers you to protect your physical card information. Each merchant you share your card information with puts you more at risk to hackers or data breaches. Why not use a privacy card instead? By creating a virtual card with privacy, Privacy for each merchant you shop with, your physical card is safe and secure. Privacy cards can be paused or closed at any time, preventing any future transactions from being authorized. Privacy cards can also be single-use, meaning they close after just one authorized transaction. One of my favorite ways to use privacy is for an, any service with a free trial that requires a credit card to sign up. Uh, you can just cancel at any time, uh, and that way you're not getting charged every month and you're not forgetting about that ongoing subscription. But wait, there's more. By using the link in our description, you can get $5 to spend Anywhere, that's money that you get to use. So start paying the smart way with privacy. And remember, when you use our links, you directly support this show. Do you ever just casually solve world hunger and think, I wish I could get alcohol delivered to me. Well, lucky for you, today's sponsor, Drizzly, is here to the rescue. Drizzly gets all your favorite beer, seltzer, wine, whiskey, and much more delivered directly to your home. With their easy-to-use mobile app, we are getting one step closer to never leaving our homes. You know it's saying something when it's being praised as the Amazon for liquor. Drizzly is my go-to app for getting all the booze I need so I can do other things. So using our links in the description today, you can save $5 off your purchase through Drizzly. Drizzly has proprietary ID verification technology that it provides to its retail partners that allow drivers to scan IDs for more than a barcode to make sure the purchaser is over 21 years old in the U.S. and of legal drinking age in Canada. Retailers on Drizzly may have a minimum order or delivery fee, so using our link in the description, get $5 off your first order with Drizzly. And remember, when you use our links, you directly support this show. So, it's that time of the year again where we discuss what problems you have and I try to solve all of them. It's just, uh, yeah, this is, uh... This is the type of guy you get. Hit it twice. Double double hits. Um, anyways, though, so I know a lot of you have problems and uh, I know a lot of you are looking for me to solve them. And I'm here for that. So let's just let's just do it. Let's uh, you know, as Philip Franco would say, let's just jump into it. So, um, first question we got here: Am I weird for wearing a condom even with my partner? I'm 21 and in a relationship of three years, and when whatever we whenever we do it, I put a condom on, no questions asked, because I do not want a kid. However, my mates who are single refuse to wear one when they are on a one night stand and see it as completely normal. For me, it's just absolutely crazy to even think that's safe. I really am hoping that this isn't the norm. Okay, so um, I do want to say. Um, I know you, you're in a committed relationship, so wearing a condom during sex, I don't think that is necessarily a weird thing. Um, it's um weird thing. Now, 
I kind of, you know, have like this idea of, uh, um, uh, I think it's more weird that your friends are doing one night stands and don't wear condoms. That is just fucking crazy to me for me to think that your friends are going out there just with complete strangers not knowing anything and just uh, raw dogging that shit. That scares the shit out of me. Um, so I go by, here's the rules I go by, um, and I think all men should go by this rule. I think this is a solid rule for all men uh, that we need to go by in regards to sex, uh, to not have kids. This is my rule. Here's what I want to do. One night stands, condom, no questions asked, 100% of the time, always. That's just a rule. Um, let's uh, do that. Uh, then we get into serious long-term relationships slash serious serious in the term of, you know, friends with benefits type of situation. Um, now you got to figure out what works with each other, but, um, because that's going to be a key, uh, to the sex life. That's going to be a key. Um, in my situation, um, anything kind of goes here in this situation. Uh, in my situation, I would love if we're ride or die, you know, it's some EPs out by me right now. Um, would that, uh, you know, in a situation like that, uh, I would like her to try like an IUD or something like that, um, or birth control pills or something like that. Try it out. Maybe she, but there's also a history, like maybe she's tried it and it doesn't really work with her body chemistry. That happens a lot. It's no shame in that. Um, if you can power through it, you are the coolest, you're some cool chicks, FYI. But if you can't, no shame. I'm not trying to shame. We're not trying to shame anyone. Uh, but yeah, no, I think that's really cool. Cause like, some guys don't like, I don't like condoms. Condoms suck, okay? Just, we all know that. Condoms suck, but sometimes we have to do it because uh, kids suck even more. That's that's a good that's a good thing. Condoms suck, but kids suck even more. Uh, so that's the thing. Like, maybe try to work something out, some sort of, like, birth control thing. Um, or And then eventually maybe you get to a point where it's like, hey, maybe we want a kid. Uh, we're not against it. Uh, and then you, just raw, you can just raw dog it, do a pullout. Uh, you know, yeah, I'm not, we're not going to be that careful. Um, then, uh, there is the, uh, then you have kids, obviously, and then after you decide you're done having kids, that's man's responsibility, you gotta get snipped, you gotta get that snip snap, and you no longer, uh, cause you no longer wanna make kids, and then you can just, uh, that way you can raw dog for the rest of your marriage, uh, however long that lasts, so, uh, yeah, so. Come on, Mark, don't be stingy. And, uh, yeah, so, it's really cool, and, uh. So that's my rule with that. The fact that you are not weird, even in, in like a serious relationship. I don't know. She's tried birth control or what what situation you two are in. So I'm not going to blame her. But I think it's very much normal. Like let's, let's assume she's tried a couple birth control methods and it's just been very, very weird. Uh, very, in a very weird situation for both of you, uh, for her. And like it just does not work with her body chemistry very well, yada, 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 stuff like that. Um, then yeah, condoms should be fine unless you, cause you really don't want kids. So you're going to do the condoms and stuff like that. Um, when it comes, yeah. And then, uh, I guess when, uh, I guess if you do don't care or whatever, you figure something out, that's normal, but you, your friends are not normal for doing that. I think, um, your friends, I don't, I, I don't know. I just, I guess like there's some people who are like, I don't want kids, but I, I may want one someday. Or I guess you just don't care or just really hate condoms. You know, I I will put up with condoms to not have a kid. That's just a 
this is the type of guy you get. So that's me, though. Um, guys are different, but no, you were completely normal for uh, wearing a condom even in a long-term relationship. Now, if you if she like if she hasn't tried any birth control methods, I would suggest trying it because, uh, yeah, condoms suck. So that's all I have to say for you, my friend. Uh, thank you for being a friend. All right, next one. How do people wash their face without getting water everywhere? I'm trying to get into skincare and learn how to really take care of my face. But literally every time I wash my face over the sink, I get tons of water literally everywhere. It's like I've never touched a sink before in my life. It's on the counter. It's all up and down and up and down my arms. It's dripping onto the floor mat. How exactly do people make it so easy? Um, so there's a, so there's a couple things here. Um, I know you've seen commercials of uh, of people who do their skincare routines, and uh, I was just watching Frank. I know you've seen videos of people doing their skincare routines and uh, on like commercials and stuff for like Neutrogena or whatever bullshit, um, and they like splash their face like that and it gets everywhere. That's not realistic. Don't do that. Never do that. That's a bad idea. Never do that. Um, Here's here's kind of uh, the big thing I would say here. Uh, one, uh, washing your face or and then using you know your apricot body scrub as I like to use in the shower is great. So that's one thing to do. If you're only doing it once a day, in the shower is great. That's like the best time to do it. Um, but if you're doing it two times a day, a lot of people do. I always at least tell people, and this is with brushing your teeth too. Like if you're not gonna do, at least do it once a day, you know. Uh, like wash your face once a day, like doing it all in the shower. It's a great way to get rid of everything. Um, doing it two times a day though, if you're one of those people, um, what you can do, um, use a lot less water. I think that's the trick. Uh, you know, uh, get your hands a little wet, just get your face damp. Don't be splashing tons of tons of water all over your face. What you got to do is just do a little bit, just to get your face wet. Then you put your stuff on your face, rub it, rub it, rub it in. And then you get a little bit more and just kind of wash it off. You just kind of use your hands and don't use a ton of water. That's going to be the trick. Just stop using a ton of water with it. Just use little bits to kind of rub it into your face and then wash it off. That's going to be the best thing for you to do. That's what I do. Um, there's also a trick I learned. Uh, you get a, uh, get your towel, kind of put it up next to the sink too. Uh, they put it up next to the sink. And so anything that way it won't drip on the floor or on your shirt. So it's washing it and stuff like that. And then you easily have your towel to wipe your face off. That's kind of my trick to do. If you're going to do, uh, you know, washing your face over the sink. Um, and uh, another idea, there's a couple things you could do. Another idea you can do is try to aim the water when it comes off to go into the sink, not everywhere else. And uh, it sounds like you're using way too much water to do it now. Uh, necessarily for your skin health, that's not going to be the worst thing in the world. You use a lot of water to wash off, wash your face with. Um, but in regards to how you're getting water everywhere, it's a bad thing. So I think you're going to have to use a lot less water, and that's going to be a real trick. Uh, you may want to, like, you want to feel like drowning. That's why the shower is the perfect place to wash your skin, or wash your face. It's perfect. It's the best thing to do uh, ever for the rest of your life, uh, forever and always. And uh, I like that. So, yeah, that's um, that's, I mean, that's the advice I give you. That's easy advice anyone can give you. Sounds like you're probably using too much water. Um, I do sometimes what you could do is... Um, 
I kind of like to do this. I don't, it may not be good for other people. Like you just go straight onto your skin uh, without wetting it down first and then start cleaning it and then try to rinse it off with as little water as possible. Just get it all off and then dry with a towel. That's another idea. There's just a couple ideas, but it sounds like, yeah, and the main problem what you're doing here is using way too much water. And once you stop using as much water, I think your problem is going to go away really quickly and maybe put a towel uh, kind of near places where uh, you don't want water to get. So it just absorbs up into there. So, yeah, that's a good uh, thing to do. So that's going to be, you know, I think that's going to be my main advice uh, for you today uh, and uh, in the situation that you're doing. So, yeah, let's move on. Can men wait for marriage like non-religious men? I grew up with my family telling me that men don't fall in love. They just want to have sex. And maybe after marriage, love happens. I'm so confused because nowadays everyone is having sex and I want to wait. Do men actually fall in love like emotionally without having sex? Or is it more complicated? And will they wait for marriage? So, um, this is a loaded question here. Um, not a loaded question. I don't think that's the proper term. I need to be using um what i will say in regards to this so um so women it's a kind of a thing like you're obviously a woman uh women need to understand that our cum what's stored in our balls no sorry pee is stored in the balls our cum that's stored in the penis i guess that's where it's stored i guess no maybe it's both stored in the balls like one ball is for pee and the other ball is for cum i think that's what the proper science term is uh they don't realize that it's somewhat of like a poison for men and we just got to get rid of it. And that's why men kind of think they want sex all the time. And that's kind of the idea of it. And, uh, um, yeah, that's basically it. We just have to, we're biologically, I mean, we biologically have to jizz. That's just, uh, uh, yeah. This is the type of guy you get. So yeah, that's the thing with men though. So, um, and it's better when you're in love with someone. That's, that's a true fact. Um, so, so and then I'll go into your other portion of this question. Do men actually fall in love or do they just want sex? Um, so whoever say men don't fall in love uh, is probably been hurt by a lot of people. Uh, men exclusively, probably. Um, men do fall in love and uh, we may not show it the same way women do. Men typically show love in the more in the form of like actions, not in the form of like verbally saying it like, Men probably, men, you know, men will say I love you, but like, to they, they're more likely to show that they love you and stuff like that. And kind of sex is a good positive to go along with that. Um, so the thing is, though, men, a man could be in love with you. However, um, if you decide you want to wait till marriage, I come from you, you saying like a non-religious man. I grew up Christians. We've kind of discussed early in the episode uh, what is what can I, what I can say though, is like people get married super quick, like less than a year, mainly because they just want to bang. Like you could be in love with that person, uh, you know, but like you've also not known them for very long at that point or dated them for very long to really understand the situation in regards to that. So, uh, when you're just like rushing to have sex, I'm like, man, I want to start having sex. And so people rush into marriages and not, they don't always end well. And, uh, so, you know, like my, my friends were like, oh, I can't believe you're not in a relationship. I'm like, yeah, but at least I'm not, like, going to have to go through marriage counseling and uh, stuff like that. Like, I'm waiting just for, you know, right person. I'm not going to, like, hold out, like, get married as quick as possible just so I can have sex. You know, such shit like that. Hi, Frankie. Um, 
And uh, yeah, so, but men do fall in love. Um, but the thing was like holding out for sex though, is like you could rush into marriage and you may not know if you really love them or if like it actually will work out between them. But then you signed a legal contract with the, whatever state you live in, uh, legalizing that you formed a union. And then if you need to split for any reason, uh, you know, you had to get lawyers involved and sign paperwork and money involved with it. And you could lose things you own she could lose things she owns that's the big that's the big thing though and that's why i'm very hesitant into the idea of waiting till marriage to to pork because um like you know if like you're only into someone for sex it's kind of like don't get married to them you know the idea though so nice thing about not waiting is you can kind of figure out um and make sure you know it's all consensual and shit but you can kind of figure out like what is uh what do you like um, make sure you actually both love each other before you do anything, not just like, oh, he's saying he loves me so he can get in my pants. That There's a big there's a big difference between that. So, um, well, Frank wants out, but I'm not going to let him. Um, what we can also say is, is he going to check on the door? There's Frankie in the background. Um, what I can also say, uh, yeah, but men fall in love. That's not a weird thing at all. Um, we're thinking, oh, I'm just watching Frank. Um, but, yeah, I think it's stupid to say that men don't fall in love. They only want sex. Like, that's not true at all. We want sex, but we also want to fall in love. Frank can open the door. He can get out. He's done it before. Um, so, yeah, that's all I really have to say on that. Is it legal to have a boxing match with my friend? Uh, my friend and I got beef and I want to fight him. He says he's up to fighting me too. So our friends are like, yo, y'all should fight it out. But I'm just wondering if that's even legal. Like, what if we punch each other and end up bleeding or knocked out? Will we get in trouble for fighting even though we both agreed to do it and we have witnesses to back us up and we consented to it as long as neither of us press charges? It should be cool. IDK, I feel like it's obvious, but I just want to know lol um so there is a lot of good questions here now i think boxing typically there's like contracts signed before you get into a big fight i'm not big into like the mma fighting shit uh but what i said it's typically mutually agreed on that two people are gonna fight each other and there's probably contracts signed and a lot of it has to do with money too so uh that's something to do um, you kind of have to maybe get like a video of you both agreeing to that we're going to fight. It's like, I agree to fight you. And I'm like, I agree to fight you. So you both kind of have a legal discourse. And if you get, you know, medical injuries or whatever, uh, that's not, you're not, no one's going to get sued or anything like that. Cause a lawyer's not going to do that. Do that. Frank, stop it. Um, so yeah, that's going to be a good, that would be my idea. Like maybe make a video of you two agreeing to it. Um, you can also, yeah, and then also, like, I don't think it's any problem with that. That's going to be the big thing is going to be legality of, like, suing each other and stuff like that. So, like, you should probably both have, like, your everything covered so neither of you can, like, sue each other or anything like that. Um, besides that, though, I think, yeah, I don't think it's illegal to fight anyone, but I may not be the expert, though. Um, I guess since you're both agreeing to it and it's not, like, technically assault or anything like that, it's just technically just fun. Like, if you go to a boxing ring and you and a friend decide, like, you want to box each other, like, it's not it's not illegal or anything. It's just uh, two friends having fun or whatever. It's just that. So I don't think there's anything wrong with that. But uh, at the end of the day, um, yeah, just make sure you both are have your 
shit covered. And if you have a lawyer friend, ask him, like, hey, are we, can we fight? You know, that's a good idea, too. Okay, uh, why if... N- why, if I'm not attracted to plus size or bigger girls, am I considered fat phobic? But if a girl doesn't like short guys, that's just her preference. Good question. Um, I have a thought on it. I obviously have thoughts on everything because I'm the best. I'm the best. This is the type of guy you get. Uh, in regards to this question, uh, let's go full throttle. Um, so one thing. Oh, here's the here's the thing though. I've, I've kind of with this. There's this big whole. Um, you know, obviously healthy at every size, which should not be a case. Now, um, there's, there's like body acceptance, but then also like try to make your body healthy at the same time and realizing what an actual healthy body looks like. And, uh, people in Marvel movies are, should not be the standard or supermodels that who are starving themselves should not be the standard for a healthy body. Um, but when you look at, uh, you know, in, the, in regards to the healthy at every size, though, which, you know, if you watch My 600-pound Live, you'll learn that uh, not all sizes are healthy. That's just a common rule. Um, w- what I will say, though, um, in regards to that, um, so I guess that, the you know, the healthy at every size um, kind of makes a lot of people think that uh, you don't want to fuck them. Uh, there's this idea that uh, you're fat phobic because you don't want to fuck that certain type of person, which to a degree is like, I mean, not it's not really a good thing. Like when people say it's like I only want to date black guys or whatever like that, and like I've heard women say that, and apparently no one bats an eye. Like they, you could be like that's racist, but then also at the same time it's like, well, she didn't say I think, uh, I think white men are. Uh, should be the worst race or whatever, or uh, should be slaves to black people or whatever, or something racist like that. She's not. That's not a racist comment. It's uh, in regards to what she wants to, like, if she's saying that, like, wh- whose penis she wants to touch. That's all it is. It's not that idea and, and stuff like that. So that's, I mean, that's the idea of this whole, like, uh, I guess, fat phobic type thing. It, you're not fat phobic for not wanting to fuck a fat chick. It's not. Uh, there's guys out there who do want to fuck fat chicks, and that's it. And then, like, you made a good analogy with, like, the short guys. Like, women are like, oh, I don't like short guys. I'm like, well, that's height phobic or whatever, because men can't necessarily change their height unless they get some weird-ass surgery. But women can lose weight. So there's a huge difference there. Uh, that's, I mean, that's a good point you can make there. And so... Um, no, you're not fat phobic for saying you don't want to date a fat girl, like or you don't want to fuck a fat girl. It's not fat phobic. It's a preference, and you know sometimes preferences can make you feel uncomfortable. You know, it's like, oh, this chick doesn't like white guys, but like I'm white, so I want to be offended. And I think at the end of it, though, I think when a girl gets offended when like, you don't want to date her because she's fat, and then she calls you fat phobic. I'm gonna be honest. Women aren't as used to. I mean, rejection sucks for everyone but and the thing is like women are expecting men to just get the idea accept rejection rejection sucks and i don't get why everyone like women just ghost a woman and like and then they get mad at guys or like keep trying to text them and get in contact with them because we're told by movies i was like that's how you get girls and then like women are like don't you get the hint she doesn't want you and it's like rejection and no one likes rejection that's the big thing and women aren't as i guess in our patriarch or society or whatever we want to call it uh 
like men have men ask out women, it's never like vice versa. For straight people, I don't know about the gays out there. Make the Yuletides gay. We haven't discussed how the gay how gay the Yuletides will be this year. Uh, they could be pretty gay. I don't haven't know. I haven't talked to our gay resources, our gay correspondents yet, on how gay the Yuletides will be this year. Um, but no, so I think, you know, and women aren't in straight, in straight relationships, not every relationship, I know, shut the fuck up, um, that, that, uh, I'll say though, like, women aren't as used to rejection as men are, so when, when you're a a plus-sized woman, and you get rejected by a guy for, uh, Frank, stop it, Jesus, Frank, um, when you get rejected, when they get rejected because of their body type, um, they they are going to get mad because they don't like rejection. No one likes rejection. I think that's going to be the main purpose of it is just that no one likes rejection. So, I'm petting Frank. Frank, do you want to come up here, Frank? Come up here, buddy. Can you make it? There we go. There we go. We got my Frankie. I only love my hair and my Frankie. I'm sorry. Can you not lick my face, please? Okay. And he just farted. So, yeah, that's what, kind of what I have to say on that. Let's see how long we can keep Frank up here. Uh, what did the Beatles actually do to revolutionize in music? Uh, I'm listening to them at a pub right now. They're boring. I've never, ever, ever even remotely liked their music. It reminds me of shopping malls and hairdressers. What the hell am I missing? I'm 40. I like almost genre, all slash most genres of music, but they just do nothing for me. Um, so... Obviously, like I like I try to always mention with music, um, you you know if you're a music expert like me, um, I, I don't know if I'm an expert, but I know a lot about music because I thought knowing a lot about music would make people like me. Uh, it doesn't. Um, it's not. It's not like a way at all. Um, but uh, when uh, you know there, you could like detail why a song is good, uh, and you can go into details on why a song is bad. Uh, but at the end of the day, uh, what you enjoy listening to is what you enjoy listening to. And you, there's no, you can't scientifically say, like, you shouldn't listen to this music because of this. There's like, well, I enjoy listening to it. So, yeah, I don't think Frank's going down. Yeah, so, I mean, that's the thing with music, though. Like, you... He's just goofing around. Um, so that's the thing with music. You can't decide what you enjoy and what you don't enjoy. So I'm not trying to criticize you for not liking the Beatles, okay? That's just, this is a... This is the type of guy you get. So, yeah, I'll go with, the, with that first. Uh, anyways, though, why people like their music, it's so... You know, there's a lot. It's a lot of music history uh, involved with it. I'm probably not going to go... I haven't watched the new Disney Plus documentary, Get Back. I might watch that tonight. Or I might not. i got a lot of Christmas movies i got to watch. Um... But with like I like I'm being said, um, when the Beatles came around, like they started off as like this cover band and doing a blue like rock and blues, you know, type stuff. That's the kind of like music they started off doing covers and shit like that, and then you know making this like mainstream pop music. And then they started making started experimenting uh, the way recording has been started with the uh, Beatles. Uh, they revolutionized recording music because they were in the studio and they wrote so much. And they were like, let's try different techniques with recording. And so they did a lot with recording, uh, songwriting. They kind of, John Lennon and Paul McCartney, like just the way they clicked together in songwriting was just brilliant and how they did that. And uh, it, it was just brilliant in the way they did that and 
how they kind of continued to do that together. I don't even think they've ever really hit the mark. Like they have a couple good songs, like solo stuff, but like the Lennon McCartney duo songs they've written together is just solid gold in what that is. And so there's no revolutionizing that. And then you also have to realize um, another thing you do have to realize uh, that uh, music is is an ever evolving thing. And uh, that's why every old person, even me, I get to that sometimes. Like, back in my day, music used to be better because when you were a kid, that's when, like, 13 is, like, the age, psychologically. Like, what music you like then is kind of what you probably are going to like for the rest of your life and stuff like that. And, like, you listen to old music all the time. Like, I find myself, like, you know, listening to Silverstein, uh, Under Oath. Uh, Simple Plan, Fall Out Boy, Green Day. I find myself listening to that a lot. Even though I try to put in a lot of new music too, try to mix that all in, I still find myself going back to that stuff a lot because when I was 13, that shit was the best. Um, And so like music is ever evolving. And so like emo music today, now emo pop punk music today is like Machine Gun Kelly, Young Blood, and a couple Mod Sun, I think is there too. So, you know, music's ever evolving and that's what it is now. People are like, back in the day, pop punk used to be better. I'm like, well, um, if we kept making that same shit, we're going to run out of things. So music is an ever evolving thing. And so when the Beatles came out and how music has evolved from them, uh, I kind of get your point when you say that it's kind of boring to you now because Beatles have inspired so much more music and then music is like I said it's an ever evolving subject so music is going to keep evolving from there and it's going to keep changing and so uh, new different things have come out since the Beatles were a band and now uh, music has changed so much so I can see why someone could say yeah the Beatles are a little cheesy and uh, old but there's some you have to have some respect to them uh, you know I mean you're obviously probably not like a music musician or whatever or music musicologist or anything like that. So, I mean, that's just, uh, I mean, that's who you are, and uh, I'm not going to be stingy with you. Come on, Mark, don't be stingy. But it all has to do with music history. Uh, To sum it up, I'm probably just kind of like doing like a short synopsis of what this is right now, but uh, if you, I mean, if you want to research further, you know, you kind of have to understand music history. Um, You kind of have to understand the Beatles' music, what they released at the time, music at the time. Uh, The Beatles hit the scene and how they evolved music and what inspired them before them. It's a whole mess of uh, things you can get into music. Uh, Trying to, like, you know, like the Beatles, it's almost like trying to say Taylor Swift, like what inspired Taylor Swift, what came before her, how she inspired people after her, what is she making now, how she evolved her music in regards to that. So that's kind of the best way to describe uh, the Beatles. Um, yeah. So like, so that's the, so that's that. That's going to be the best thing to do. Uh, you might have to do a little more research, but that's kind of a shortened synopsis of that. All right. Final question of the evening. Why does my voice fluctuate? I'm a 25-year-old man, and I have a relatively deep voice, but it's never consistent. Some days, it's super deep, and other days, it becomes really high and nasally, like it was when I was in high school. Will it eventually even out? So, um, I do believe, first of all, I want to say I'm actually, I'm actually, uh, a good source to come to for this, for this question, so, um, some people are thinking, you were talking out of your ass about things you don't know. I actually know things about this, uh, so, uh, fuck you. Um, and fuck anyone who agrees with you. Um, so you probably listen to this show all the time. Um, 
uh, I do I mean like my roommates now they're like doesn't he have like a good radio voice but then like yeah I'll talk kind of high pitched like this and then um, when I'm not trying to use my voice very well it'll be a lot lower and stuff like that so it's kind of um, when I'm lower voice so the thing is with the voice so how the voice works so you got air you breathe air into your body that kind of do it if you ever seen like a guitar slow motion uh, struck of a guitar string you see like it vibrates back and forth that's your vocal cords uh, so in the back of your throat, they vibrate. And so uh, with how it vibrates, if you tighten a string, you know, uh, you pluck it and it'll like vibrate faster for higher pitches and then vibrate slower for lower pitches, if that makes sense. So um, people with lower voices, that means uh, their voices vibrate a little bit lower. You can vibrate a lot lower. And then, uh, you know, the higher the voice is, the more it vibrates, you know, women like that and puberty, you know, uh, a lot of it, that's just kind of a sum up. A lot of these are like, like 30 minute, 30 to an hour and a half classes on a single subject, uh, that could be summed up. I'm summing up in like a couple minutes. So, so I will be saying it. So, uh, when you say, so everyone, every day, your voice, um, the reason why your voice is different every day is become, because like allergies, maybe food you ate, um, you know, uh, how, how stressed your voice is. So, um, maybe I think when it's nasally, you may have a little bit of allergies or some congestion or something like that. Even if it's not like noticeable, uh, you still could have some. That's why it feels nasally, nasally and high. Uh, that's why it's coming out nasally and high, uh, because like, you know, the way your voice is kind of reacting to it. Um, and then like when it's super deep, it's probably your voice hasn't been worked out very much and your voice is very tired at the same time. So it's probably, you know, kind of be talking a little bit lower like this is me my voice if my voice is tired i'm gonna be talking a lot like this uh because it's less harmful on my voice to uh do it and that's why like whispering is actually harder on your voice than like just like talking normally so like hey that's what's going on it's crazy like you're putting a little bit more uh work into your like speaking when you're whispering over when you're just talking normally so uh, that's the thing that's why you'll hear me if i talk kind of a little bit lower i'm I'm like preparing to be talking for like an hour and a half. And so like, I'm trying to make sure I don't just lose my voice and stuff like that. That way I can speak. And it's like, like, I'm trying to do a podcast right now. And so that's what we're doing. Stuff like that. So that's how people kind of do impressions. Like, you know, kind of manipulating your vocal cords and how you can manipulate pitch and stuff like that. That's kind of a, a small gist of it. Um, a lot of it kind of, mine's more in regards to singing, so that's kind of how I do it. Uh, you just kind of make sure you take care of yourself and uh, get a little more consistent. But your voice does change. I don't think it's changing the way you think. It fluctuates day to day. Um, but like I think like 35 is when your vo- the male voice stops changing or something like that. Uh, I could be wrong, but that's what a teacher told me in like high school or something like that. With all that being said, we're ending the episode. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Cancel Sweezy. means the world to me that you uh, chucked all that out and uh, had fun with me, uh, your daddy. Um, uh, like I said, uh, go follow me on all social media. It's at the Sweezy everywhere, and I mean everywhere. Uh, go check out my music. It's under Sweezy, and obviously... Uh, if you're on Twitch, go follow me. That's the free shit. But if you have Amazon Prime, connect your account, get a Twitch Prime, and you get one free subscribe a month. And uh, you want to help out Daddy. Daddy. 
And uh, yeah, so help out daddy with that. That's a financially way, good financial way to support me without spending any extra money a month. But if you do want to financially support the show, we always have our Patreon. Uh, that's a great way to help me out. Say thank you for being a friend. Travel down this road and back again. So thank you so much for that. Uh, but there's also the free shit you can do. If you're on the YouTube, what you can do, like our episode, leave a comment, subscribe to the show, subscribe to the channel because we're always posting new things. That way you're never missing an update And when we post things on there. We have our highlights. Like I said, if you have a friend who you think would enjoy a highlight, you can always send that out and uh, like that. Yeah, you can always send that out to your friend. Like, this is funny. You should listen to this. This guy's funny. And uh, yeah, then they could be a new friend too. That way we can infiltrate the algorithm on YouTube but to help us infiltrate the algorithm on uh, audio-only platforms, like I said, uh, you can always uh, leave a review and leave us a star rating of whatever star you want to do. I don't care, and that's just going to be a great way to infiltrate the algorithm. Um, and like I said, subscribe on your audio platforms too. Don't be stingy. Come on, Mark. Don't be stingy. So, yeah, that's all I have to say today. Let's just end the show uh, with the Christmas spirit. Honk and uh, ring those bells if you love butt drugs and uh let's uh stay awesome Hey, look at you, hun. You just finished a full episode of Cancel Shweezy. Thank you so much. Make sure, wherever you're watching or listening to the show, that you press the subscribe button and leave us a review as well. Like always, I just want to remind you once again to stay awesome.